Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Vineyard Church. I'm Jeremy Pleasant. I'm the senior pastor here. I want to welcome you for our Christmas Sunday, and, and I'm really glad uh, that you're here worshiping and celebrating with us uh, here on, on, our, on our, final, our final Advent Day and our final day as we celebrate and prepare for Christmas. Um, it's been a really good season, um, I think, for our church community. Um, I, I know for others who kind of been enduring kind of a uh, kind of a longer season, um, we just hope that in, in this time, being able just to be able to experience the peace of God and, and, and kind of His hope. And in this time, we had a great Christmas party on Friday. It was it was it was a blast, and and uh, we just had a really good time. And I'm, and I'm glad to, that we got a chance to celebrate together. And so, as we kind of enter into kind of the, the latter part of the year with just a couple weeks left and, and in the season of, of giving and of celebration, um, kind of for those who are part of our church community, um, I just want to uh, invite you into kind of these, these last couple weeks as we, as we push in, just as in the season of giving and, and, and celebration, uh, we have so many plans uh, this next year and so many good things that have happened this year. Um, I just, uh, I actually considered just, you know, one more push of generosity as we, as we push forward and we finish this year strong, um, as God has been generous to us, uh, just want us to be generous to him as he has so many awesome things planned for this next year. And, and, and there's so many good things happening that I'm really excited about. Um, and so I just, I just want to invite you into that. Um, and for those who are guests who are visiting with us, I, I just really want to, to just make you feel welcome. And I hope that our whole community has helped you feel welcome. We really believe in this church and accepting others and, and, um, and, and, and that Jesus actually uh, wanted everyone to be with him, wanted everyone at the table, and that we actually all belong here. Um, and as you can see, Melody took the acceptance seriously, um, as did Brighton, and so we're all kind of just hanging out right here. Um, <laughs> so as is normal when we have a Generation Sunday and the whole family is here, this will be quick. So hold on to your seats as we, uh, as, as we, as we get through. So, um, so today ends our Advent, our Advent season. Now for others, it continues because for, for, for some traditions, the Advent season goes through actually throughout the Advent calendar, goes a little bit longer. But for us, it just exists through December. And so today, the Advent season ends. But we spent the last three weeks looking into the invitations that God has for us in this season. The invitations to, to hope, to joy, to peace, and today this invitation to love. And so while we've been looking at these invitations through the lens of Advent, right? We've been looking at it through the lens of Advent. The invitations are going to remain long after this season ends. And so I want to encourage you to reflect on these invitations and to respond to what God is asking you to. All right, so let's dive right in. I want to look at Luke 1, 26 to 38. It's a story many of us are familiar with, and yet um, there's some things that God has to say to us in this story today. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. 
You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I'm a virgin. I don't know if you know how biology works, Gabriel. The angel replied, that's Jeremy's interpretation. That's not actually in the scripture, just in case you were wondering. The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. For the word of God will never fail. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. So Mary was very confused by this greeting. Now, the angel said, don't be afraid. But, angel wasn't, uh, but Mary wasn't afraid of the angel. She was like, I don't understand how you greeted me. Gabriel said, greetings, favored woman. She's like, how? I, I, I don't understand. Why are you calling me favored? You see, for Mary in this culture, Mary was young, unmarried, and poor. She had absolutely no social status whatsoever. How could God call her favored? And yet, he did. And so... What does it mean to be favored? What did it mean for Mary? What does it mean for us? God's favor, which is his grace for us, is free. It's unearned. It's unmerited. And that's one of the, the things we see. There's only, th- this word, highly favored, is used so rarely. It's only used one other time in Scripture to describe the grace of God for you and for me. And it's like, it's this, it's this idea that God's favor, his, his love is available for me and for you. And it's actually not based on anything I've done. And in this case, it's not based on any kind of social status, not based on what other people say you deserve to be favored for. It's just based on God. It's love without strings. God says, you may not be honored in your culture, Mary, But you're honored in mine, and I honor you, and I favor you. Now, what would it be like to experience that same favor? What would it be like to be able to just experience the grace of God? To be so confused, like, wait a minute, why why are you you saying this about me? I'm nobody. How could you favor me? You know how many times I've been in situations, and I'm like, God, There's someone else that is much better, much more qualified that I think you would like a lot better for this thing. Why am I here? And you know what God said? Because I said so. Not, oh, well, because you've been faithful. Oh, not because you're really good or not because all the things. No, because I love you. That is his favor. Unearned, undeserved unmerited and without a single string attached. You know, one of, one of, the, one of the bigger things that have happened and in, 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 in kind of generational shifts 
So like if, if, if you go to my old, well, it's not anymore because my dad took them all down. But like my room as a kid, like had just trophies, you know, from when I played sports. Right. And, and, and you know, you, you know, you got trophies if, you know, you, you, you place first, second or third or you got some kind of award or whatever kind of thing. And nowadays. Everybody gets a trophy. Right. <laughs> Participation trophy. <laughs> right. Now, everyone, people have different opinions about the participation trophy, right? Some people are like, how are you going to give everybody a trophy? Right. And people are like, you need to earn it. <laughs> right. So that's been like one of the bigger things that I've shifted in our culture and in the last and the shifting generation. But in God's culture, everyone gets a trophy. Everyone is deserving. Everyone has favored, not actually because of what we've done, but because he said so. We don't actually have to earn it. And so while we sometimes know, oh, yeah, no, God loves me, we still sometimes feel we have to earn it. But his favor says, no, you don't. My love is for everyone and it's free. We also see this, this, this passage. It's, it, it mentions here, the Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David. Now, it seems like just kind of a, 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 a part of the story, but this is like a really key part of the story. What God is saying right here is that this baby that you're going to have is a fulfillment of a promise I made a long time ago, a promise to restore and redeem the whole world. It's this supernatural this heavenly presence, the heavenly reign of God, where there is no pain, where there is no crying, where there's no tears, is coming into the natural world for everyone. And so when we look at that line, we're like, this is where it begins. This is where it begins. This is where we see the kingdom of God come in to restore everyone, to redeem everyone. The redemption of all people and all creation begins right there. You see, because while this angel was referencing the Old Testament, and while the angel was also predicting the future, the angel was also saying, this is happening now, and it's fulfilled in this moment. And we all need redemption. I don't think anyone can honestly say here, as you sit here and say, I don't need redemption. We all need redemption. The season reminds us of this, but helps us experience the redemption we need today. Not just know that we need it, but actually say, you know what? I am redeemed. That when Jesus came, he didn't just, it wasn't just this thing that happened a while ago, but that even today and right now, I can experience that redemption. This last week, I, I spent some time reflecting on the redemption I need in my life. And I was like, oh, I'm doing, doing pretty good. And then I thought a bit longer, I was like, oh, I can, I can use some more redemption. Yesterday, as I'm driving and, and doing things, the Saturday before Christmas, with all the traffic and all the people and all the frustrations, I was like, oh, I could use some more redemption this week. <laughs> Let me tell you, Lord. Bernard of Clairvaux said, this divine love is true love. For it is the love of one who wants nothing for himself. This love, unlike any human love, is true. For it is the love of the one who wants nothing of himself. The Gabriel said to Mary, 
the most high, that is God, it's another name for God, the most high will overshadow you. You know, I read several translations of this passage, and they all, despite all the different, different ways they interpreted that passage, that word remained, overshadow. It's a, it's a famous Jewish, it's, it's a popular Jewish phrase. It means, it's like this overwhelming power of God that is gentle and yet effective. It's like this cloud of, of, of the Most High that just comes and wraps us and protects us, giving us peace and, and just an everlasting love. That's the overshadowing of God. God wants to know you. This passage, no word from God will ever fail that we see there. That's a reference to Sarah back in Abraham and Sarah. And it's just God telling Mary, I see you. I know you. And so I wonder how many people here just kind of need to actually experience that from God. For God to say, I see you. I have not forgotten you. You are always on my mind. Because that's how much he loves us. Love has no reason but itself. In order to respond to God's invitation, we have to stop with our reasoning. And just let him overshadow us. Let him take us over. Because that is his invitation to love for us. All right, let's look at a practical tip. Just one. And this next week, in the busyness, in the joys, in the triggers, because we all know we get triggers in this time, look for God's invitations to hope. Look for his invitations to peace. How was he calling you out to find joy? Where is he telling you? that I love you. Look for that in this season. All right, let's everyone bow your heads and, and close your eyes. In this time of celebration, in this time when we remember the, this, this king who has come to restore us all, As I said, we, we know that we all at some point need redemption. But if you're here and you're saying, I want this redemption from God, and I've never really asked for that. If you're here and you're saying, I want to respond to Jesus' invitation and say yes to him. I want his redeeming love in my life. I just want you to raise your hand. And we're just going to pray together. There's no shame here. There's no judgment because the reality is we all need redemption. And so we're going to pray together so that those who raise their hand are, are in unity with us all. And so just repeat after me as we pray. Father, thank you for all that you have done. Thank you for making a sacrifice we can't know. We are sorry for in all the ways that we harmed you and harmed others. We turn from that and we turn towards you. We ask for the redeeming Jesus to come into our lives and to restore our souls. 
In Jesus' name, amen. So right now, you came in either and you grabbed a candle. Um, if you didn't get a candle, can you raise your hand? All right, they're going to get you some candles. And so, as Dan was reading that story, we know that God revealed Jesus through this light, that he is light. And so, in celebration, we light a candle for the light of the world that came in. And so we're going to light this candle, and I'm going to light it for Heather, and she's going to light the next person. I'm going to light it for Lynn. She's going to light the next person. I'm going to do it for Trish, and we're just going to keep on lighting each other's candle. And we're going to sing a couple songs and celebrate, and then we'll blow out our candles together, okay? Okay.